In today's show, it's time to look ahead to Friday's games. There are 10 of them. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get a tasty or get tasty and affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. It's a big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Thank you also for making the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, 10 games tomorrow. That's obviously quite a few. So we're going to talk about those 10 games now and what I am looking forward to. At the end of the show, some streaming options for category leagues, deep leagues, and points leagues. So let's talk about that first game now. We are looking at um, the Pacers and the Wizards. Of course, the number one thing I want to watch is Chris Duarte. He was excellent in that first game. I imagine he's going to have a pretty high minutes load again. I don't expect he's going to shoot quite as well, but the minutes will be there. And I think that if the shooting drops off, which I expect it to, there might be an addition of some assists and some defensive stats. So he's going to be providing some pretty good value. So I want to see how that looks. They also played, Rick Carlo played Malcolm Brogdon 40 minutes. He dished up a lot of assists. And that's a lot of minutes, right, for Brogo. Will they continue to run such a short rotation? Especially because there's a bunch of their guys who are actually um, hurt tomorrow, or not hurt, coming in under an injury cloud. We know that Levert and Warren are out. But, you know, Holiday and Craig, these guys have, and Jeremy Lamb, they've all got questionable statuses. So if he was unwilling to go to his bench with just two guys out, you'd, you'd imagine if those guys go out again, or if one of Lamb or Holiday um, or uh, Craig are out, then we're going to see big minutes from uh, Brogdon once more. But that's going to be something to watch. Cole Kuzma grabbed a ton of rebounds for the Wizards and then win over the Raptors. I imagine, again, with no Rui Hachimura there, he will start. Can he do a little bit more offensively? I'm not sure. But he's going to get a good opportunity with minutes um, and shot attempts. While Dan Gafford racked up big defensive stats, I'm really keen to see how the minute split looks between him and Harrell. I imagine it'll be pretty similar. 22 to 23 for Gafford, 25 to 26 for Harrell. And Gafford should still be able to produce in those minutes in the low 20s would be my guess. The Knicks and the Magic. The diseased scrotum of Arne Fournier. He put up some really, really big numbers. Big minutes in that double overtime game against the Celtics. I don't expect him to be quite as good as he was in that one. But the opportunity for him remains. There is no Nerlens Noel again for the Knicks, so that means Obi Toppin probably gets another opportunity. We saw him play as a small ball center, like 28 minutes in that double overtime game. Um, how much he gets a run, we don't know, but he was obviously preferred to rookie Jericho Sims. And there might be some, I guess, deeper league appeal there. For the Magic, um, no, yeah, we've still got a bunch of their guys out and injured, of course, with uh, no John Isaac, no Markel Fultz. Yeah, Chumura Kiki. Do we have a status on Chumura at this point? Um, yeah, he's out as well. So we're going to get 
um, the combination of Wendell Carter Jr. and Mo Bamba starting again, I would guess. Now, Carter played under 20 minutes in that blowout against the Spurs. No foul trouble, so how they use him is going to be key. And then Franz Wagner is probably going to start, I would guess, once again. Um, put up really good defensive numbers, nice solid across-the-board production. So I'm really watching to see what his role is, Wagner's, what Carter's role is next to Bamba, and how those two can produce as we move forward. The Hornets and the Cavs, it wasn't a great start to things for PJ Washington Jr. Coming off the bench as expected, but I didn't expect him to shoot like 14% or play under 20 minutes while Plumlee got over 30 minutes. We don't know whether Terry Rozier is going to be ready to go for Charlotte. That has some impact there. But I just want to see what Washington's role is going to be. Is it If it's sub 20 minutes or if it's 21, 22 minutes, then he's probably not going to be a hold. I also want to watch Kelly Ubre, who played 35 minutes in the opener. Now, that is in large part, I think, because Rogier was out. But if Rogier does play, where does that leave Ubre? What does his um, what does his playing time look like and what does his production look like? Well, for the Cavs, Evan Mobley played a ton opening night. Now, I expect him to start, play yeah, 32 to 35 minutes. Or does he push to that 38-minute mark? That's going to be really interesting. He'll, he looked awesome opening night as well. And I think he's going to have another opportunity to look awesome here. Well, Larry Markinen started, played over 30 minutes, out of position at the three. Wasn't particularly impressive there. I imagine he does start once again. But will it be an opportunity for Okoro to eat into those minutes? How is Markkinen going to look? I still, I'm still i not convinced that he's a must-roster player for 12-team leagues. But maybe this game uh, maybe this game could change my mind. I, I don't know. I don't know that it will. But, uh, but maybe it does. Guys, McDonald's is uh, bringing you this podcast, which is awesome. It's always been more than a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can go to reconnect. It's a place where classmates can meet up for a study group. It's a place where sporting teams can meet. It's a place where friends meet for birthday parties, either as a kid or as you're meeting up with your own kids there. McDonald's has been around in the community, part of everyone's life for so, so long. It's not just that place for food. It's the place that when you're driving on a long road trip, you go, oh, Maccas, let's go grab a sausage muffin. Like, a, so, Sorry, a sausage McMuffin. Legit like the goat of all breakfast foods. McDonald's has always been there for us as that tasty place, but also as that community center. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. How good's my voice? Pretty good, yeah? Pretty, pretty good voice. Um, all right, let's go on to the next game. We're looking at the Nets and the Sixers. We know there's no Kyrie Irving. There's no Ben Simmons. But unfortunately, Joel Embiid has also popped up on the injury report, which is pretty big news. For the Nets, Paddy Mills was on fire in game one. There's no way he's able to uh, continue that, of course. But how they use him and what his production looks like is key. You can add him and see how it goes. I think he's probably more 14 than 12 team league, but let's see it. And I imagine they start Nick Claxton again. Although, if Embiid plays, uh, Embiid on Claxton, it could get rough. It could get real rough. Like Claxton's going to get thrown around. That could be a problem. If Claxton can continue to get 24 minutes, even in a matchup against Embiid, then his appeal is obviously greatened or heightened. Maybe that's a better word. For the Sixers, no Simmons. So Tyrese Maxey will play 30-plus. There's Shake Milton's out as well. Maxey is a must-roster player across all leagues. And let's see if he can replicate what he did against the Pelicans. It's not like the Nets' defense is going to be particularly good. Also, of course, want to watch to see whether the Nets decide to play Bruce Brown at all because things did not work particularly well in that first game against the Bucs. And then Andre Drummond, who put up gigantic numbers in that like 19 or 20 minutes off the bench when Embiid played 25. But Embiid is out. Drummond's going to have a big one. 
I don't know whether Embiid will be out. I don't know whether Drummond will play you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, or 30 minutes. It's going to be a lot dependent on Embiid's status and the health of his knee. The Raptors and the Celtics. The Raptors were embarrassing in their first game. I thought they'd be you know, big candidates to improve, but they were bad. Let's see what Scotty Barnes can do. He didn't really generate anything assist-wise. He had one assist. The defensive stats weren't there. The shooting percentages were rough. He's going to still get the big starting minutes, 30-plus, you would think. I hope he can turn it around from that first game. And I do expect Delano Banton, for those of you in deeper leagues, to play some minutes. He was ahead of um, Mihailuk at the end of the game. Flynn was nowhere to be seen. I think there's a chance that Banton comes in as the 10th rotation player, plays 10 to 15 minutes, and that can have an impact in deeper leagues. He's a really good rebounding guard. So keep an eye on him for deeper formats. Well, for the Celtics, we don't know whether Al Horford's going to play. So I want to see yeah, if Horford plays, what happens to the Williamses? Grant Williams and the Rock DJ Rob Williams, they played a lot in that game against the Knicks. Grant got over 30 minutes and looked pretty good. Rob was amazing. If Horford does play, does Rob Williams still play 30 plus? Where does Grant fit into the rotation? Does he play like 10 minutes or is he a 20 minute guy? And they just run a three-man, big-man rotation with Grant, Rob, and Al. I think that's probably what they'd end up doing. So how they all work in, if Horford's there or if Horford isn't, is going to be really, really key, I think. The Pelicans and the Bulls. Ken Murphy III. He, um... A bit disappointing in his season opener. I don't think that Willie Green's rotation particularly worked. We don't know whether Josh Hart is going to play. He's questionable with that knee injury. If Hart is out, do they start Murphy? I think they probably would. He started the second half without Hart in that game against the Sixers. So he's one to watch to see what his role is, but also how they work in Najee Marshall and Garrett Temple and Sadoransky and Lewis. Their rotation's all over the shop at the moment. We also want to watch um, Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas. His field goal percentage was abysmal last game. I'm guaranteeing you it's going to be better. People are considering dropping him. I think a lot of that's based on the fact that they drafted him at 120 based on ESPN's insane rankings. Please do not drop Jonas Valanciunas. Please, I beg you, in no league do you drop Jonas Valanciunas. Do not drop him anywhere, literally anywhere. Please, I beg you. If you are a beginner watching this, if there's one thing you can do, do not drop Jonas Valanciunas. Um, and then for the Bulls, Nikola Vucevic. It's Vucevic. Vucevic. Um, he got a lot of shots in the Bulls' first game. He didn't make many of them. I want to see what the distribution of shots looks for Vooch. Can he get that efficiency back? And then what Alex Caruso's role is compared to, say, Patrick Williams. He played 27 minutes in the opener. Caruso had a ton of defensive stats. He doesn't do too much else. He can be an interesting steals-type streamer, but I want to see if they play him that 28-minute role, same as Williams is getting, or if it moves back into more a 22-23 minute role for Alex Caruso um, in most games. We'll see. The Thunder and the Rockets. A good opportunity for these two young teams to actually get something good going. The Thunder to play the Jazz and the Rockets got whomped by the uh, by the Wolves. So now we'll get some competitiveness. Josh Giddy gets a much better matchup as well. He was disappointing opening night. We're still holding Giddy. I am definitely holding Giddy. This is a great opportunity for him. And then Darius Baisley showed some things, I thought. We know that he was terrible last season. I'm not looking at him as a 12-team ad at this point, but I want to see if this new and improved Darius Baisley can actually stick. While for the Rockets, cousin Kevin Porter Jr. was terrible against Minnesota. Again, this is a really good opportunity for him to get back on track. He's going to be inconsistent. He's going to piss on your percentages. He's going to get a lot of turnovers. This is just what he's going to do, right? But I want to see him improve. And I also want to see the crucifix Christian Wood, whose free throws have been atrocious. And I don't know why they're so bad. I'd say he was pretty underwhelming against Minnesota. Again, this is a really, really good opportunity for Wood to have a bit of a bounce back performance. 
The Spurs and the Nuggets, they played a lot of Devin Vassell last game, which was awesome. I'm not sure he's quite there as a must-grab 12-team league player, but if you want to grab him, sure, let's see and figure out how this is going to work, especially if they're not going to play Thad Young. If I think you're dropping Thad Young already, but it's going to be absolutely cemented in if he doesn't play in this game. I want them to push Vassell up to 30 minutes. I'd love for them to just start Vassell and bring Doug McDermott off the bench, but Pop's not doing that yet, but he did play Vassell more than McDermott. That was a blowout, though. So how do the minutes look for Vassell? What does that mean in this sort of scenario? Well, for the Nuggets, fighting Will Barton was great uh, in the opener, so that's awesome. Um, can he continue that? Maybe not at that level, but I think he's going to have a great year. And then Aaron Gordon actually performed pretty well against Phoenix. <clears throat> I'm not 100% sold on Gordon as a 12-team must-roster player, but we get an opportunity to have a look and see what he uh, what he can bring here. For the Jazz and the Kings, which is the next game, I want to see Jared Butler. Um, not that I think that he is going to be this awesome contributor, but he's a name to watch on the nights where Conley is out. So I think they'll slot Butler into a 20-plus role, and that's going to have some value. So let's see how he looks on the court. I think he already looks better than uh, being a pick 40 in the NBA draft. Well, Joe Ingles, the Jazz are a pretty boring team, honestly. Um, Ingles, I, I think he's very fringe for must-roster 12-team league status, and for points leagues, I wouldn't bother. But let's see how he looks. Let's see how the shooting looks and the assist numbers for Joe. Well, for the Kings, the minutes for Davion Mitchell were solid. The production was bad. Let's see what he is able to do, how they use him. There is a chance that Mo Harkless is out for Sacramento. So if Harkless is out, do they start Heal? Do they start Davis? Do they start Mitchell? There's a chance for more minutes if Mo happens to be out. I, I, do, I don't understand the absolute love for Mitchell to be a 12-team league guy. He's rostered in far too many 12-team leagues in my mind. But this gives, gives us another opportunity to have a look what his role is. And then Tyrese Halliburton was very disappointing opening night. Now, people are considering dropping him, which is insanity. Although, I will say this. If you're in a points league, a 10-team points league, Halliburton's probably 50 spots better in a category league versus a points league. I'm not dropping him, but he's a lot closer to being dropped in a points league than he is in a category league, which I'm never dropping him in a category league. At this, well, not never, but I'm definitely not even considering. In a points league, it would, it, would, um, uh, it would enter my mind in a points league. Let's look at the Suns and the Lakers. DeAndre Ayton took three threes in the first game. Will he continue to make that part of his game? That could have a negative effect on his overall field goal percentage, making his value yeah, sort of the same as where it was last year. And then Landry Shamet, who's now probable on the injury report. He played inexplicably more minutes than campaign in the opener. Will they continue to go with Shamet over paint? Again, that seems crazy. Um, Monty Williams has made some pretty poor rotation choices, but generally he figures it out pretty quick. Remember the Frank Kaminsky nonsense from last year? Figures it out pretty quick. And I think he might figure this one out pretty quick as well, but we, we will see. And then for the Lakers, of course, the key thing is going to be Russell Westbrook, who was terrible opening night, but Westbrook had like 16 potential assists in that game and only had four assists. So it's not like he was completely out on his... Look, that, that game was disgustingly bad from Westbrook, but it could also very well be his worst game of the season. I don't expect him to be as good as he was last year and said that all along. He's going to still hurt you with poor shot attempts, um, and he's no, not going to have the counting stats he did last year. But I'm looking for a big bounce back. Also, I don't want to watch Carmelo Anthony, necessarily. I want to watch how many minutes Frank Vogel gives Carmelo Anthony. They're still without Kendrick Nunn and Wayne Allington and Ariza and Horton Tucker. The same players are out that were out in opening night. Do they go back to playing 26, 27 minutes of Mello, where he just gets cooked on defense? Um, I think that's going to be a real issue. Let's see what... Chris Paul is going to hunt him mercilessly. I know they're mates, but he's going to kill him. So I want to see how much Vogel decides to lean on Mello when he is just getting absolutely roasted uh, as he was as he was in the old uh, 
in the old last game. Guys, Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You know that. I know that. Have you had Bilt Bar before? If you haven't, now's a great time to get yourself a mixed box. Get to try all of the great flavors. Raspberry, orange, strawberry, um, salted caramel, cookies and cream, coconut. But they're not just delicious. They're clearly delicious. Clearly. They're also good for you. 130 to 180 calories per bar, 17 to 18 grams of protein, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 4 to 5 grams of sugar. And you can get these delicious, healthy Built Bars for 15% off by going to Built.com and using the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars ever. Okay, let's now have a look at some streaming options. Nine category league stream guys. These are all available in more than 50% of advanced leagues using our advanced metric. Franz Wagner, Cole Anthony. Again, I expect Anthony to get at least, if not a start, an opportunity for some decent minutes. He was relatively poor against the Spurs. Um, But with Akiki out again, Gary Harris out again, there's a big opportunity for him and Suggs to start together. Rick Rubio, really good assist numbers for him last game. Interesting to see him. Jeremy Lamb, just if he does play, you could throw Tory Craig or Justin Holiday in that mix, but if one of those guys is out like Holiday or Craig, then Lamb's going to have an increased role. I don't love him, but he's an interesting stream guy. Alex Caruso, Terrence Ross in Orlando with no Gaz Harris, and Jay Crowder is another interesting nine-cat stream. For the deeper formats, well, Wagner and Lamb are options. Tory Craig, Jay Crowder, other options there as well for deeper formats. Kentavious Caldwell Pope is available in a ton of leagues. He should start for the Wizards, and I think he'll be better than he was opening night. Kent Bazemore's going to have a starting role with the Lakers again. And then Cam Johnson is also another player that we can take a look at. And then for points leagues, these guys are available in over 50% of Yahoo leagues. Tyrese Maxey's a must-roster player. Cole Anthony probably should be rostered in all leagues. Chris Duarte should be rostered in all leagues. Will Barton, he's available. Franz Wagner, Kelly Oubre Jr. and Terrence Ross. All of those guys make really good options for Friday's games. And the vast majority of those, Barton, Duarte, Anthony, Maxi, uh, are all must-roster regardless of their status for uh, for Saturday's games. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.